What will you do to unlock innovation? In today's fast-paced world, innovation might not be enough. Tomorrow's pioneers of change will need to be agile, able to adapt, and committed like never before. Your host, Santa Vending, invites you to listen in and join business leaders from around the world as they share their visions for success in our future business challenges. Welcome to Mind the Innovation. I'm your host, Santa Vending. I'm always excited to learn. And in today's podcast, we'll talk about company learning, culture, and organization development. I want to welcome Terry Barnhart. He's an expert with delivering operational, cultural, and innovation transformations to multinational companies. He's a part of Novartis Global Organization Development Team. So welcome, Terry. I'm so excited you're, you're here today. Um, tell me about your, your passion uh, in, about organizational development, and that's learning, continuous improvement, innovation, skill set. So tell me about you and, and your passion. So uh, I guess the, the way to start here is to, uh, is to think about what you can do. And in organizational development, what I'm allowed to do, what, what people pay me to do is a lot of fun, which is actually watch and create change in an organization in order for that organization to do better, for the people in the organization to have more fun, for people to, in the organization to have their passion. So what do I mean by that? So in pharma, which I'm in right now, if we do our job in R&D well, new products come to market, new drugs, treating new diseases, some crazy stuff. And you would be shocked at how many people are alive because of the work that we can do in organizational development, because of the work that we can do to help people be better at creating treatments that save lives, that, that uh, make people happier, healthier, you know, everything. It's, it's just a, it's a joy to be doing this kind of work. So, so in your in your job right now, how do you? So it's a bigger team, right? That you're, you're a part of. So, yes. so the responsibility you have there. How do you how do you foster or how do you create that? If you call it the, the company culture, or if you called it the, um, it's the the ecosystem that you need yeah, to have around it. Yeah, ecosystem is really good, right? So, yeah, uh, culture is a big part of it, um, and also operations and also some other things. So, you know, I know you've been involved in some, some lean work in your day, learning work, all this kind of stuff, but it all kind of comes together in organizational development. Because if you think about the organization, it's the work and the people and how you manage and operate that. So I think the first thing to think about is what kind of future do you want the organization to have? So if success is more patients, get your drugs sooner, we need to figure out how to do that faster. Well, how do you do that faster? Well, part of it's really figuring out, you know, all this, all the things you do and how do they line up, very lean kind of things. But then the next thing is inventiveness, because what we do and how we treat it changes dramatically from one year, one decade, whatever, to the next. So I'll give you one example. So we've got this stuff called cell and gene therapy or cell therapy. Yeah. And these guys like reprogram your cells and, and they've done this for uh, childhood leukemia. So they actually insert, you know, uh, like a, a certain vector. And I'm, I don't even know the science that well, but it's like they take a piece of a virus and they tag something onto it and it goes into your blood and it does this stuff. So you take a kid that's got this, this uh, cancer and they take a, 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 like a pint of their blood or whatever it happens to be. They treat it, they re-inject it 
And it's a cure for these folks, or I say it's a cure. No one's been relapsed in the time that, that they've done it. And it doesn't look like there's ever going to be. So uh, what I'm trying to say is what we look for then are things that help people learn how to do innovation better. Yeah. So does that cover from, from techniques to, to the thinking of how to be innovative, the tools to work cross-functional? There's, there's a lot of elements that you, I, th I think you need to, to, it's a full circle of being in, innovative. How do you, how yeah, do you and go I, around and that? I, and, I, and I think it's gonna be hard to be comprehensive on, on an answer, um, but to your point, what are the tools you, you teach people about how to think well? What are the, what are the intervent, interventions you do to get teams to work together collaboratively on learning? Because yeah. learning in this space is not one person, ah, I have this idea, and then you go straight to market. It is literally hundreds, sometimes thousands of people working together. So collaboration, how do you do that? Um, there is a lot of thought around how do you integrate the innovations of several different fields in a timely fashion as they go, because one innovation requires another one somewhere else, and those have to build and deliver on time. So you're talking about time, you're talking about matching of things, you're talking about planning. Um, so what we do is to work with the organization to find that, look at that ecosystem. And if you know the sort of the Senge kind of, uh, kind of uh, background, figure out organizational or systemic changes that can be made and start to work on those, uh, those things as we go forward. Okay. Do you also go in then on, because again, it's learning. It, 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 how do you define learning? That's, that's a whole <laughs> bigger discussion, but no, right. but, but, but with, with, with skill set as well. So when you go out and either you, you hire uh, to a certain role and, and job description and based on skill set, um, there's also cases where you, you, of course, you have to look internal and saying, okay, what are, what are our skill set and how can we jump or how can we actually um, go to, to that next level? So how do you how do you juggle with that to make sure that you can keep innovating? You can keep this the strategy where you are going. Uh, is it a balance game? Uh, is it is it to have? Is it the answer just and that's not an answer to have the right people on your team? <laughs> no, but but it there's, there's so much to it. Um, how do Honestly, you how do you? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. So. Um, so let's think about sort of innovations in the skill area, because I think it makes, makes a, uh, a big difference. So you're hearing about what they call skill stacks, which is, um, I know you've got a diverse background, but I'll just mention mine for a second. So I'm a scientist by training. So I got a PhD in chemistry. Uh, I worked at McKinsey, so I've got a consulting background. I did lean stuff at Pfizer. Uh, I worked in laboratories and I worked in offices and I worked in different kinds of businesses. So this gives me a unique perspective on sort of the, the ecosystem. When we hire a scientist, we don't want someone who's just an MD in a particular area. We want a person who's an MD who is also volunteered at something so they get an empathy uh, segment. We want them to have... Um, worked on a device or something. So you see that they've had to think differently about how they treat someone. So what we start to do is, is work that way externally when we hire and internally to start moving people into different positions so that they end up with a variety. You know, we talk about um, 
uh, diversity being important, internal personal diversity is important as well. The ability to think in different regimes makes it easier, right? So one of the things that we do actually is force people to think outside of their own box is kind of a um, yeah. term, but, <laughs> but think outside yeah. of their own experiences, right? So I need to think outside of just being a scientist in order to yeah. do some of the business stuff. So lift a up the head person. and get a much bigger view of, of what's the, the bigger yeah. picture of it. So going back, if I have a broad skill stack, and if those around me have a broad skill stack, we can speak together more effectively and collaborate better. But our ideas are going to be more weird, more interesting, more likely to spark an idea with someone else. That's really powerful. Yeah. But doesn't like critical thinking go along that as well? If you to understand that that bigger picture that yeah you can you can be in that your area and saying this is what it works but if you if you actually lift up your head and see bigger you will have some more critical thinking of, of what you're working on yeah and, and and i would actually say go wider and yeah. narrower at the same time so for example you know um the a3 thinking process just a structured method of doing you know looking at problems right that allows you to go deep, but it allows you to go deep without having your own personal biases, which is the way, the reason it's set up, right? So yeah. you get out of your own personal biases. The other one, as you say, is to go up. Well, how do you get people to go up and see more broadly? It's really hard. Yeah. So what we try to do is to force people into, in groups to look at a higher level problem and tear it apart and put it back together and tear it apart and put it back together until they've achieved something that might not be possible otherwise. So you throw an impossibility out at them yeah. and you make them solve it. And then suddenly they do. It's really an amazing thing, but you got to hold, you got to hold them to that impossibility for, I don't know, sometimes hours, right? Yeah. And, then it, and, and then something happens is like throwing a crystal into a, into a batch and just watching it go. You know, it's, it's fantastic to watch. Um, what about, um, so if we look to, to, to SpaceX, I love SpaceX. So, oh, you know, yes. fail, no, but fail, <laughs> fail fast, right? If you look at the Starship, how many they already have built and then when they should wanna, you know, up and you'll see what happened. But but they have so many prototypes and, and, and samples ready so they can fail fast and then saying, okay, let's go in and fix it. They don't wait forever. But that's a different when you are talking in the farmer world. Um, how, do you, how do you get to fail fast in, in this industry, and maybe you're it's, already doing it. it, can be that I don't know about it, but I'm just curious right. to hear, is that fast, do you, do you fail fast, or how long do you actually keep on to that great idea to save the world before you go to the next one? Wow, so, so this is a big struggle in the industry, and, and, uh, and I know you've seen this before, right, the idea that you would, well, it's going to take us a long time, so let's put everything into this test because you know when we do a clinical trial you've seen the the ones for the vaccines right Seventy thousand people in a clinical trial well what's one more thing and then you know we'd like to know this and what's one more thing and now you've got seventy thousand people getting like a million tests right and so it's unbelievably expensive and it's crazy so the question is how do you fail fast you actually have to go back to first principles what do you need to learn put that and only that in your clinical trial and then say, what do I need in terms of signal in order to decide whether this is correct or not? Because honestly, 
biology is not clean. It's not like, you know, I do the same <laughs> thing for you and the same thing for me and it comes out different all the time. So how big a signal do I need? And then you build it to that. And if you don't meet it, boom, go into the next one because there are other great potential drugs behind there that could be valuable to the next patient and, and so on. So it's really rethinking that. And in SANA, the, the leverage is huge. Um, we worked on a project um, years ago where we could find a way because of the way you did the science to actually pro uh, probe what was actually happening in the body and then come back in afterwards. And you'd be faster than if you did a normal progression with just the regular pilot all in kind of thing. That's power because the second one in often has much better properties, much better capabilities, whatever the product you're building, right? If you can be a fast follower faster than the, than the <laughs> if your fast follower is better than the first guy, you know, all, all things are possible. So I, I want to I also bring in Elon Musk for, for, another, uh, for, for a moment. What you said about SpaceX, the other thing that's great about Musk is that he doesn't believe in barriers, yeah. right? They exist, yeah, but only because of how we're thinking now. Yeah. So if all we think about is how we've developed drugs in the past, and it can be drugs, it can be cars, it can be anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just if all we think is how we do that, we'll always do it that way. Yeah. But Musk doesn't believe in those those barriers. I mean, the guy's landing, you know, rocket stages on yeah. ships. He's boring <laughs> big holes in the, you know, he's solving global warming by himself for crying out loud. This guy has no barriers. Geez, if we could just put into ourselves just a little bit of that, yeah, that would that would go a long way. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's impressive, but so again, with with you're saying you have to go and what is that you want to learn and what is it you know, the challenge so we can test that and then you 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 can go further. Um, you are in a huge company, so the whole knowledge sharing or to transfer mm -hmm. that knowledge of what you learned, what what some of, what's been some of the challenges that you've seen, um, and and how do you go go about it? Well, I'm 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 not sure we're especially good at it here. Um, I've seen, I've seen it done well. I've seen it done not well. <laughs> um, I think the first is to forget about just, so, you know, knowledge management in the day used to be just writing, writing it down. That's great, but it's not written down for anybody else to use. <laughs> so you might as well throw it out. The thing that worked really exceptionally well in, in the one team that I, I saw that did it, uh, did it perfectly, is that they built it in a way that others used it, right? It wasn't built from my perspective, the generator of knowledge. It was built from Sana's perspective, the user or the potential user of knowledge. And the other thing we, we started to do was to make meaningful connections between those things. So if I know what you're working on, I'm actually going to know what knowledge you need in order to go further, in order to build your stuff. So I'm actually gonna be looking to design my work to deliver that, as opposed to de design that de to deliver what I think might be there. So the collaboration starts before the experiments. Once the experiments start, now you're capturing data that, that becomes uh, bedrock data. And you think about archiving bedrock data differently than you do, hey, this is the last experiment I had. One's very planful and the other one's kind of random. And I think that's a real, a real 
important boost. Now here, how would you do that? I can't answer that for your company. <laughs> Here's the checklist, yeah. <laughs> I can't, no, checklists are great. Yeah. But we used, no. you know, that, that group was using wikis. They built their own Wikipedia yeah. within, the, within that group. Yeah. And they used it all the time. But Wikipedia is kind of old now. You know, there's, there's like the next thing. I don't know what the Twitter version of it is or something, but you get the idea, right? These things yeah. don't stop. And the more that we can be capable in reuse of knowledge, the less we have to do of generating in the first place. So it's a, it's a huge lever. Yeah, it, it is, it is. Um, so, so if somebody starts new in, in your company, um, how do you have a whole program that they have to go through to, to learn all these? Because uh, it seems like you have a, you know, a certain some mindset. Yes, and some how no. To do it. no. <laughs> it depends. That's the answer, so, right? <laughs> so I tell you, one of the things that we've been very happy and successful with is what we call best start, which is the corporate um, uh The corporate startup program. So if you come in, you come in on a Monday and you get all the forms and you have to, all these big companies, you have to sign like a million forms and, you know, tell them who your next of kin is and all this kind of stuff, right? The thing that happens afterwards though, is that we spend an impressive amount of time working with people to get them to understand how drug development is done, for example, how drugs are uh, introduced in the market, how they're sold in the market, right? So that, so a business overview and why that's important, what it means for people. And from there, we start next going into what our culture is and why our culture is important for our patients, for the colleagues that we work with, for the world as a, as a whole. And we really push the value of that culture and how we can be better together um, during that first week. And it lasts and it's really an important element of building and sustaining the culture of the company as we go forward. Now, there's a technical element that we sort of started down, <laughs> which is how do you learn your own function? And right now this is not uh, uniform across the company. It's not uni uniform within functions, let alone along, along functions. So, you know, the things you and I are talking about here are decades worth of, of, uh, of work. And yeah. some, were, some we've done the decades worth of work and some we're just starting. So I think this is one of those areas that we're just really starting. So, you, you know, that, that, that makes sense. Um, so well, you've been let me, in different... Let me add, oh, yeah. very important for us. We do not scrimp on uh, quality and safety training. So how we do our work is, is a clear uh, training that goes on, not just from the start of your work, but to the end of your work, because of course, people's lives depend on it, but how you do your research and all that kind of stuff, that's not as lined out as those other two things that I just mentioned. Yeah, okay. Um, so with, with your background, and it's, it's always good to, been in different places i think in different organization right that builds on on your character on your knowledge on your learning and how to address different things what has been one of the most difficult ones when you're going in and have to trans make it that transformation uh, on a culture in a company what what's the what's the toughest part because it can't be easy in in creating a, a cultural change yes I would say it's not much different than any other change that you would do. And that is 
Um, I talk about corporate cultures like, uh, like an immune system, right? So your body has all this stuff. And if you get uh, um, uh, an infection, your immune system goes to work pummeling that thing, right? If you inject ideas from the outside into a company, <laughs> the company will work really hard to reject that unless you do what the body does, right? So if you eat something, an apple, uh, you eat uh, um, you know, something that tastes good, your body's like, ooh, that's good, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if you, if you convert your ideas into something that the corporate immune system thinks is good for it, then it goes in like a shot. If you um, couch it in terms that the company feels are foreign or alien or dangerous, it'll reject it like crazy. So I'll give you an example. Do not use anything with Toyota on it when you come into like pharma, because <laughs> they're like, that's a car. Ah. <laughs> right? yeah. I don't care how good it is, whatever that idea happens to be, they're not yeah. going to not going to accept it. Right. Yeah. But if you put it in terms of, ah, oh, here's an experiment, you know, here's a, a trial, here's a, a clinical way of looking at it, it's hard for folks who are doing clinical trials or doing research experiments to not say, hmm, that sounds interesting. Right? Yeah. So it's all in, it's not all in language. Uh, the concepts have to be good. But if you don't have the language, you definitely can't get in. So that to me is the biggest challenge because it's really hard sometimes to pull in ideas from elsewhere that are valuable and you know they're going to be valuable. Yeah. You know, to, to bring those in it's, in the right no, it's good. It's, it's almost that now that where you are, right? I'm also in marketing where I need to be good at storytelling. But it sounds like doing, doing this kind of transformation, you need to be a good storyteller there as well, depending on how you're wording it, communicating it. And getting that idea injected so that's that's right. actually i it, it, that, that's a really good example of we all have to be really good at storytelling <laughs> you know that's um it's it's a really interesting point right you wouldn't think as a scientist you'd need to be a storyteller or a salesman or whatever you're going to call yeah, it like an yeah. influence but my god you've got to be as good at at that at any job that i've that i've seen any job that you need other people to engage in, um, like if you're going to get a new molecule on the market, a new drug on the market, it's going to go through a thousand people. If you can convince yeah. a couple of people that it's good, good, you know, yeah, then you're never going to see the see, yeah, you're never going to see the light of day. <laughs> uh, oh, that's good. Um, okay, but so in terms of like learning or creativity, more more learning maybe. But what's the most important thing you can do in your space right now? You know, I think we, we just touched on it um, with the Elon Musk stuff. If, if we can't get out of the, the straitjacket mental models we've got about how things work, then we can't innovate. Now, I don't care what you're in, right? That's the, that's the thing that's holding you back. Elon Musk doesn't have that, right? Which must be a really weird place to be and kind of cool, but also yeah. kind of taxing as well, right? But one of the things that we try to do is <clears throat> with scientists, with managers, whatever, is to actually make them, put them in a situation in which it's easy to get out of how they think now or easier um, and insist upon the, the thing that's not there and make them, make them design that. 
you can't tell them what the design should look like because they wouldn't accept yours anyway. Um, but once they do that once, and then they do it again, you know, they've actually gotten out of what they thought an answer was, you know, top of mind, and found something that was really great. They do that twice and they're hooked, right? So the, 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 the thing here yeah. is to do, how many times can you get people into that space where they've gone outside into the chaos and pulled in a really cool idea that changed how they think about stuff? If you can get practice at that, and if you can get it among a number of people, it can be really powerful. So yeah. that's one of the things that I work on on a regular basis, and it's really hard. Yeah, it's hard. Well, I'm sure it's fun. Yeah, so to get them out of their comfort zone, to get a success outside of that comfort zone. But yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's good. So what, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? Well, you know, I would have said, you know, flip, but really true. Follow Elon Musk, right? Um, but I think it comes back to the to this. I had started on this journey of thinking about how to get myself and others, frankly, out of the, the mental models we have. I would actually have said, do that 20 years before. Really think about what drives the things that you believe and do your best to not believe those things or at least test them, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense, Tara. Find something else, right? Um, and if I had started that 10 years before, I'm not saying my life would be different, but I would have had this 10 year jump on this cool stuff. Yeah. And, and it's been one of the best journeys of my life looking at how to not be the thinking that I was in the past. You know? So uh, just starting me on that journey another 10 years early. Okay. Put the seatbelt on and just you know, yeah, yeah, do yeah. two of them now. <laughs> you know, it's a fear, right? Because because doing what you're doing means that you're not going to lose your job. <laughs> you're not going to you're not going to put yourself out there. And boy, putting yourself out there ends up in such amazingly cool places. Yeah. So that's you learn there as well when you put yourself out and yeah, trying yeah. something new. No. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our chat here. It was it's good. To, it's uh, there's so much to talk about about learning and, and transformation. It's I think it's a forever topic but but it was great to hear it from your side so thank you so much well thank you this was a lot of fun and you know i'm uh i'm i'm um, really excited to talk about this all the time but with you you know we've done some stuff some stuff in the past i just think it's yeah. it's such an opportunity so thank you for for uh for calling If you enjoyed this podcast, and if you like to hear more, please subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Until then, stay curious and keep learning.